0: interfacing with the matrix the all-spark that links everyone and everything that ever lived or ever will live <laughs>
1: to the excellent archives the highest rated beast force podcast on apple Podcasts. watching every episode of the indie cg cartoon beast machines uh unlike last season this is actually available streaming online on tv so you can follow along with that or the dvds if you had them uh i'm james i'm dode i'm mark yes that third voice is a is our first uh, (laughs) guest for this season of the show
2: and we got super lucky that he actually has watched the show. It's <laughs> we true. Realized, yeah, we didn't know that before we get we booked him. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you booked me, in fairness, mostly just because I keep yelling at you that I want to hang out again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're glad, yeah, I was no, glad d- to hang out with new people on the show. Or old people. Yeah. <laughs> if, like, in case, everyone wants to return. Any people.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, as, yeah, as I quote, quoted the tweet, I'm like, that feeling when that, that, that older kid in cafeteria said, like, hey. We should hang out and
3: just walk
2: away. <laughs> uh so uh let's, get to the, uh let's get to the questions. So Mark, when did you first watch uh Beast Beast Wars, Beast Machines, Be Transformers?
0: Sure. So I first watched Beast Wars in uh nineteen ninety nine as oh. a seventeen year old human man. Oh
1: wow, so you were you were officially the first Yes,
0: older than me at this point. Wait. Oh, hey. I'll, I'll take that. That's exciting. <laughs> now, I, I first watched Transformers in the I say mid-1980s. I do not remember a time in my life that did not have Transformers in it. Mm-hmm. So I was born in 82, so Transformers was kind of already a rolling consideration when I was real young. Mm-hmm. It was mostly into repeats, I guess, like Generation 1 era. But that is the Transformers I grew up on, on the old Saturday morning cartoon blocks, and so I just followed along. Like when Beast Wars happened, I watched Beast Wars. When Beast Machine happened, I watched that. That is where I get off though. So uh, the last time I watched anything Transformers related was probably, I don't know, two thousand or so. Whenever Beast Machine was done, that's that's yeah. where I got off the boat.
2: Yeah. So it went uh, after Beast Machines. It was the Imported anime robots in disguise, uh, and then it was the Unicron trilogy, uh, after that was animated, right? Yeah, okay, <clears throat> yeah,
0: there, there's, I'm there's... vaguely aware of all of these properties existing, yeah. but I've never yeah. really engaged with them. Yeah,
1: there's, there's some that are really good and worth going back to, there are some that are not, but I've, I've already, I'm not gonna like <laughs> default to another like the, the tangent on that this time.
0: But as I understand it, those are all sort of separate continuity. From the trans- So in my head, and until I recently looked into this, I just presumed that apart from the movies, all Transformers happened within one world continuity. And in listening to your program, I realized that wasn't true. Because I just got off, like, not intentionally, I just stopped watching. I got off the boat at Beast Machines, and up to that point, it had all been in continuity. So mm-hmm. I just... Kind of believably uh. assumed that it continued to be all one continuity.
1: Nope. Yeah, this is the. Yeah, there is. Yeah, they consider doing a sequel series to this, but yeah, otherwise, this is the end of this end. I guess technically the end of, like, the original Gen 1 timeline?
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, in which case, it's actually kind of. No spoilers, kind of a satisfying ending, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, actually uh, uh oh I keep
2: forgetting to send this to to James actually but there's actually a YouTube clip of like the last scene of the entire show uh w- just put over with uh like the the ending of Lion King 2 with uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah um Chidors, Simba and uh Optimus primal is is Mufasa.
0: <laughs> no, I I can see that that works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I am not and I will share this with you guys before we get into the episode. I am not in the camp that hates Beast Machines. It's got some flaws. It certainly does. But I actually kind of liked it. I liked it when it was happening. I still liked it when I went back to rewatch it today.
2: Yeah, like I, that's, that's kind of me. Like, I watched this growing up. Uh, I, I, even if it might be nostalgic, you know, ironically... Like, overall, I'm the one who has a more favorable opinion of the series, yet in the last two episodes, I'm the one who's criticizing him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeez, I'm being set up to be the villain. I, I do really like this episode. We haven't gotten to the part that I'm being dissat- that dissatisfied. I'm hoping that we'll be able to kind of, like, and be able to, if I'm, if it still bothers me, be able to better articulate it when I get there. But yeah, this one is
3: sure.
1: really good. Introduces some of my favorite characters into the show. Not to get ahead of ourselves.
0: Yeah, I... am I am with you that as as a work, there are some very, there's some tough spots in Beast Machine. Don't get me wrong. It is not a flawless story. Uh, and I know that, uh, what's his name? The creator really likes to talk about it as like, this is this 26 chapter epic that I created and brought. To-. Like, you're getting a little hoity-toity there, pal. It's a goofy cartoon that has some real issues. <laughs> but I, But I still enjoy it.
2: And now the, I feel uh, bad
0: for not being able to remember his name.
2: Bobsker. Bobsker? Yeah.
0: Thank you. Okay.
2: Um so I remember the I don't know why, but I remember uh Beast Machines like airing super far in between. But so far we've gotten three episodes in a like a week apart, but in a row. Well
1: I I know there's a break around the between seasons one and two.
2: Yeah, I remember there being a big break actually.
1: Yeah, because I remember like that was also there was also a large enough break that like when they did the next year of the toy line it was rev rebar- and battle for the spark, and maybe they might, I think they might have even used that in some of the television promos, even though mm-hmm. like the, the opening itself does not change.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh so the the Mark, the second question we have for you, um who's your favorite character? Um you can use either sure. of the VCR shows.
0: So Without getting into spoiler discussion, I don't know how to answer this question, Uh because Uh my favorite character is Rhinox.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, Ah. At least
0: my favorite Beast Wars character is Rhinox. Uh And this will start to get into some of the discussion, again, spoiler free, with some of the issues I have with this season later on.
1: Yeah, I I can see where you'd have some issues, given uh, how...
2: how uh, he
0: is handled later on. Yeah. Uh, ominous foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but really, honestly, I like them all quite a bit. I don't know why uh, the Beast Wars, and specifically the Beast Machines cast, really works for me, and, and I and I can't justify that. I just think they're a fun group.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I think we've mentioned it in the Beast Wars. It's the first time the show had like a much smaller cast, so you get much more defined personalities than gen one where there's a lot of like, like they'd have like, Oh, here's like the one note thing. Like, like it's, it's almost like, like the wrestling persona. Like, okay, here's the short length thing. This is your character. Make sure like all your lines talk about that sort of thing. Mm. Like, yeah, uh, I've got,
0: I've got a real soft spot for the original cartoon, but it mm-hmm. is very much a, like an early 1980s, yeah. It's a toyetic cartoon. Oh yeah, The characters yeah. are very flat. There's a ton of characters that are just tossed in there to make new toys. There's mm-hmm. much more depth to the characterization of our kind of main six mm-hmm. in Beast Wars and Beast Machine.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually, a uh, funny, funny story, uh, just mentioning the cast. Uh, I, so I, I work part-time retail and I actually had a customer named Scott McNeil and I was like, hey, there's a voice actor by that name. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And, and also, uh, also speaking of not Beast Wars, but Transformers uh, actors in general, uh, I recently watched Christopher Robin with uh, with my brothers, and I've suddenly remembered while watching it. I, I saw it in theaters, but I was watching it with them. Mm-hmm. And Peter Cohen is actually uh, the, the also famously known for voicing Eeyore.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's
3: right.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If we expand the discussion just a little to include all Gen 1 characters, my personal favorite is still Hot Rod slash Rodimus Prime. Ooh,
1: a a sometimes controversial choice.
0: It is, and I know there's some real story issues there. Uh, But when I was a five-year-old playing with my Transformers toys, I just loved me some Hot Rod. And you know that, like, young child association that you build with your favorite properties? Five-year-old Mark didn't care about the story characterization or plot <laughs> issues. I just liked the way that Transformer looked. And so, because I, I made that attachment when I was five, I still love Hot Rod. I,
2: I was at Power Morphicon earlier this year in August. Uh, I hunted down a Super, Me- Super Zeo Megazord, uh, for, and I ended up getting the, the 1999 reissue that was part of the Lost Galaxy line. But you know what? It's the exact same toy, and I didn't care.
0: Nice, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sure. We've had a we've had a bit of a renaissance in hot rod content, at least as far as the IDW comics go.
0: Hmm. I've not read the comics. I if this were a five hour podcast, I would like to talk to you guys a lot about your opinion on the G one comics.
1: Yeah. I
0: I'll have I'd have to have read them first.
1: <laughs> I I actually have. There's uh I actually have. Like that actually would be an interesting discussion. So probably not for this
2: episode. <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, you, you know, uh, five-year-old, 25, with a silver bolt in my hand. What? what, what yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, actually, you know, I actually thought your favorite character would have been Silverbolt, Mark. I <laughs> feel like yeah. you would have identified with him.
0: Well, that's the... So, I normally... I love the paladin of mm-hmm. any character group. I like the noble white knight, always does the right thing. So Silverbolt is very much in my wheelhouse, and I do love Silverbolt. Mm. A lot of it for me as Rhinox is I like the especially in Beast Wars. For obvious reasons this is a different discussion for Beast Machines. Mm. But I liked the A, the voice actor for Rhinox a lot. And I liked the dialogue they gave him and I like the sort of uh Antagonistic best friend relationship between him and Rat Trap a lot.
2: Yeah, and when we were um, we we kind of have a consensus about this, but we always thought Rhinox was actually the second in command, not
0: Rat (laughs) Trap. It it reads very much that way to me. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Actually, speaking of Rhinox, so uh, every year uh, Gary Chalk, the actor for Optimus, does a uh, a Christmas message as Optimus uh okay. and this year he and peter newman or no richard newman sorry um <laughs> uh richard newman uh actually did a reading of was it right before christmas the transformers edition Oh uh, wow! Uh, yeah they did it on camera so you get to hear like rhinox's voice coming out of him we uh we retweeted it <laughs> if anyone wants to
0: watch that <laughs> that sounds great yeah
2: uh so last uh last question before we get to the episode do you have any of the toy any of the beast era toys
0: I don't. I have a ton of the Transformers cartoon toys. My favorite mm. of the toys, weirdly, was Wheeljack. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I really I just I really like that toy. I had a, mm. a passel of Transformers toys, but I never had uh Beast Wars stuff. And maybe because by the time Beast Wars rolled around, I was fifteen, sixteen years old, and there's that mm. weird for for me, there was a weird window of a few years where i felt like i don't buy toys anymore and then i turned out i don't know 2021 and i just started rebuying all of the toys
1: yeah <laughs> no i definitely had a period where just like i stopped watching cartoons and was like i'm too old for cartoons so there's like <laughs> a lot of like two thousand, like mid-2000 eras cartoons there's, like a mm-hmm. lot of people like people like talk about Kim Possible. like i didn't watch any of it because i'm just like oh i'm too old for this even though i probably would have liked it and i've liked what yeah it
0: yeah, Beast Wars, and while I watched the cartoon, uh, because I have a a younger brother who is four years younger than me, which kept me in the game a little longer. Beast Wars did kind of it was right on the edge of that switchover for me, so I don't have any of those toys. Mm. Uh,
2: yeah, I I had like two or three toys, and then since doing this podcast, because we do character spotlights and talk about the toys, I uh, eBay has become a little more a friend to me. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
1: There are some okay. good toys and beast machines. Though sadly, we aren't going to talk about like some of the like the better like. There are some really good toys, but some of them are actually like that don't actually appear in the show, so we will not get to talk <laughs> about them.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Um, uh, if, if like of the toys that of the original toys that I have, uh, Silverbolt is probably like the the best actually constructed and show accurate one, and I can't believe we never got a like a uh, an anniversary reissue of him.
1: Yeah, no, it's kind of a missed opportunity.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alright, uh, so get, we're good to get, get into the episode now? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So, yeah, so, we are, so we're we're going to be talking about... Uh, so this is our episode five, and, and episode three of this show, Fires of the Past. Originally aired on October 2nd, 1999. Written by a wandering wolfman, Marv Wolfman. Who, <laughs> who I believe we previously mentioned... Uh, came up with the original pitch for the show, and this is one of four episodes he will write. And also, he's and also returning from Beast Wars, where he wrote The Probe, and where he also wrote The Return of Optimus Prime 1 and 2, and story editor for par- for last part of Season 3. So it's like, almost like, I kind of wish, uh, like, he also G1. was involved in the, the original Gen 1 comic, so he could do a hat trick, but unfortunately that would be, uh, <laughs> Denny O'Neill, and uh Jim Shooter. And of course Bobby it is is working on that. Marvel Wolfman mm-hmm. did not help did not work on that. And of course it's uh directed by John Poozer. Poozer? Poozer? Returning am a Green
2: Lantern fan, so I say Poozer.
1: Yeah. Returning from <laughs> Beast Wars. And this is the only So this is the only direction credit he has for Beast Machines and and he will not return back for Transformers. So so uh, this is a pretty good one to end on, things considered.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: So the episode opens as we see some flying drones zigzagging through Cyber, uh, Cybertropolis, and then a fleet of tank drones shoot at a statue of Optimus Prime holding two golden discs aloft. I made a note that uh, that uh, for a show that was going to avoid referencing the past, they sure did blow up a show. Of Gen One Max. Optimus Prime holding two discs, though according to uh, Bob Square, that part wasn't specifically written in the script.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, then. boy, for a dude who loved Gen 1 Transformers and has not engaged with it outside of your podcast, <laughs> that was a stark and harsh way to come back to the show. True. Hey, buddy, welcome back. We're going to blow up Optimus Prime at the very beginning.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> The movie
2: all over again. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that movie that was hard.
2: Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't even grow up with that movie. When I watched the like little video diary made of, of a couple of the clips, the death of the <laughs> office still gets to me. Yeah. It's just a very well written and acted scene. It's true, yeah, man. It is.
1: Yeah, Peter yeah, was, acts the hell. Of that. He gives it way more than it deserves. even <laughs> like when you get when you step back, and it's like this is a pretty cynical thing to like kill his Prime in the first episode so we can focus on all the new toys. But I, <laughs> yeah. I think we had that discussion on episode for that. Yeah. All right, so we find out that the Max uh, the Maxies are trying to are trying, trying to find information at the Cybertronian archive. Uh, I
0: love the notion of the Cybertronian archives. Mm-hmm. It's Because initially I thought like, oh, it's the Transformers library, mm-hmm. which it kind of is. But it's also apparently where a backup of like the operating system and memory of every Transformer is stored. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. It's, I wasn't sure how to take it. that line, honestly. I thought maybe <laughs> just like they've got like, they
2: had a like uh, what was the, the little database they were trying to that Cheetor and Black Rackney were trying to look at uh, a couple episodes ago. Or actually, the last episode, I thought that Optimus just meant this thing has a backup of that.
1: Yeah, it's a bit unclear. That would make a bit more sense, but we yeah. don't get to we don't get much clarification as when Rat Trap gets out, he reveals that everything has been wiped.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a wonderfully late '90s understanding of technology going on in yeah. Cybertron. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, and this is actually what, or we'll get to one in a second, but uh, Megatron basically saying, like, four million years of, of Transformer civilization is just a rumor now, which <laughs> I took as, as the reason that he was destroying the Optimus Prime
0: statue. Yeah, well, and that's another thing. I know you guys have talked about this on previous episodes, but it really drives home just how, A, how old Transformers are, and B, what long lifespans they have. Yeah. Yeah. Four million years seems short, honestly. Like, depending <laughs> how, like how long
2: lived they are. Mm-hmm. Like, four million years of civilization. That means they weren't around during the
0: dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my initial reaction was, four billion, that's an insane amount of generations. And I thought, oh, no, no, they live a whole lot longer. Yeah. I remember you guys talking about that earlier.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I said last episode, like, they, they live so long that they actually forget pieces of history that they were part of. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah there's some unsettling implications to that
2: yeah um but I, i'm gonna just choose to think it was 400 million years mm-hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> someone forgot to put the zeros in the script yeah. that's what it was
1: i mean to be, to be fair like we've gone over like how bobsker wasn't told to like look over he probably didn't he probably didn't give like getting like an official number of like how long
0: <laughs> there mm-hmm. are times where it feels like he has just a very loose affiliation with sort of established transformer law, he wasn't allowed to
2: look anything up. I'm I, just yeah. based on his other work from in the franchise. He like he actually wanted to do more. He just wasn't allowed to look into anything.
1: Yeah, because huh. they wanted to be a fresh start for like people. Okay, fresh start.
2: okay. <laughs> fresh start where the villain from this series is the bad guy from the last one. <laughs> 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 it's not I me criticizing had- the show. It's criticizing the producers. Sure.
0: I had a moment. So the the Maximals are all standing around here, kind of surviving an assault on the library. And as you say, Rat Trap pops out to tell them it's empty. And I had a moment upon seeing Rat Trap, because again, it's been a little while, where my heart just melted. I was like, oh, there's my boy. Hey, Rat Trap. (laughs) Do you remember his robot mode? (laughs) (laughs) That is, man... <laughs> I love that they went hard in the paint for early CGI. I do, mm-hmm. but boy, yeah. did it give us some funky looks. It's true. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is a side <laughs> tangent, but I remember reading that uh, part of the reason why uh, reboot reboot, which is also by the uh, them, relied so heavily on the sprites, who are uh, ones and zeros. If you never put that together as a kid, is because <laughs> it was so expensive to do the human characters that you had these like blocky, simple characters. Oh. Just being a lot of like the background characters. And as they got better with technology, they kind of shied away from using them quite as
0: much. That's mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so while while all of this is going on, this is maybe this is a top five thing in this episode. I was gonna say this is my favorite thing in this episode, but I have so many favorite things. We learn that Megatron is just like observing the entire planet on giant monitors in yeah. his Doctor Claw office. It's true. <laughs> Aren't
2: I never put that together, but he is Dr. Claw. Oh my god, it's
0: wonderful.
1: Yeah, he calls for a status report, and we get perhaps the most pivotal character of the entire series, the Diagnostics Drone.
0: (laughs) I did not remember this guy. (laughs) Has this guy been around? What is up with this dude?
1: No, this is his first appearance in the show. Like (laughs) He is there to be, like, I believe, uh, Dow referred to him off air as, uh, Megatron Zazu. uh, (laughs) Not voiced by, um, what's-his-face.
2: Ron Atkinson.
1: Dazu was voiced Atkinson. by Rowan Atkinson.
2: Is he being Zazu voiced? By was Ro- voiced by Rowan Atkinson. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I was getting confused. Yago <laughs> in my mind. That makes sense. Oh <laughs> yeah. Disney had a thing for like par- parrot, like sidekick. That, 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 that it's true.
2: It's, that would be a very different. show. This would be a very
0: different show if he was a Yago instead of <laughs> instead of <Azu. laughs> but Yeah. Even old Disney didn't hook have a parrot. True. Yeah, but he's a no. pirate. That, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um. Alright, cancel the Beast Wars podcast, I need to talk through this Disney-supervillain bird connection.
1: (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, he's there and uh, he serves as a foil to Megatron, kind of like someone to talk to most of the time and give us a little bit of like comedy, as he uh, insists that uh, Megatron has definitely removed his beast mode this time, and definitely will not freak out and lose control, which he does like Immediately in the
2: episode. It should be noted that his exact words were, the organic components have been removed. Mm. Which kind of (laughs) explains the
0: Frankenstein dragon we got last episode. Or, yeah, last episode. Yep. Yeah, it's an interesting look to that dragon. Mm. Yeah. And this is a thing I had forgotten as well, and I'm sure you guys will get into it more as we get deeper into the season. I've forgotten how much... The narrative of this show was focused on the duality between organic and tech. Mm-hmm.
2: Something, something. Bob Skr, like really wanted, really wanted to get away from. So he was trying to fight for the balance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know if you listened to this episode yet, Mark. But when, <clears throat> sorry one sec. When um, uh, Megatron and Optimus come face to face for the first time. Uh, neither of them is in like robot or beast mode at the same time when, uh, mm-hmm. Optimus is in robot mode. Uh, he, uh, Megatron is happens to be in beast mode and, uh, vice versa.
0: Yeah. I do remember you saying that. That's very, it's an interesting story. And this is a place I will give Bob Skur a lot of credit while the narrative may not serve him at all times. He is trying to pose a pretty interesting question for, like, what amounts to a Saturday morning kids program.
3: Yeah,
2: this actually was a Saturday morning kids show. It was on. It was this was the first uh, first Transformers series on Fox Kids. Nice, yeah. Uh, Which is actually why I uh, I think that's why I found the show in the first place because I was watching Fox Kids, and also why the next series I, I found because it was just it was on Fox Kids too. And, and while
0: this. while it still leaves uh Megatron as a as a pretty one note villain, I do think it makes Optimus Primal a more complex uh protagonist because it, it gives him this interesting arc throughout this whole two series, two seasons, where he is kind of having to grapple with the fact that his opinion is ultimately not the right one. And so he gets a little bit more angry and headstrong and aggressive and I think it makes him it gives him a better hero arc maybe to have this more complex issue at the heart of the of the story.
1: Mm. So anyways Uh so getting back uh getting back to the action. Uh primal's ordering them to fall back, but Max insists that they can hold their own and we get Cheetor putting his two swords together as like a boomerang and throwing them about which okay. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely seems like that definitely sorts of seems like the sort of thing you'd like be like yeah like what if I like you'd be trying to like convince your DM to do in a game just like yeah I can put my simitrosian like throw them and just like what, no you can't it's like but I
0: rolled like a twenty like I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Black there Rat, was or- an
0: hmm? early episode of a web comic called Eight Bit Theater. Do either of you guys remember Eight Bit Theater? Oh
1: God, yes I do. I heard of it. Uh-huh.
0: There was right. a very early episode where one of the characters was trying to create nunchuck swords, <laughs> and it reminded me very much of that.
1: Sword chucks, yo. I, I had yeah, a t- sword I, chucks, that's right. I had a t-shirt that for many it's years.
2: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that just a Kusari-Gama? And, like, because Michelangelo <laughs> in the 2012 TG Tur- Turtles had, like, had that. It's it, a fair
0: point.
1: This This was far less practical than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Alright, I apologize. I hope, James, hopefully they warned you. I'm a bit of a rambler, yeah, so yeah. I apologize. We're through, like, four minutes of plot so far. It's it's pretty much my fault.
2: It's just payback for what I did on his podcast. Wow.
1: <laughs> I've been biding
0: my time.
1: <laughs> okay, so also we get uh, Black Arachne who is doing her, her shocking deal on a tank drone, but then she gets distracted as she gets flashbacks to Earth and memories of a certain bird dog. Or she gets, uh, Knocked
3: out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and uh, wait, I, I literally just realized this has a recording. But uh, her, her actually, you call it a Venom Touch, actually, because it's very similar to what Miles Morales does.
1: Yeah, it actually is.
0: Wow, yeah. <laughs> good good, good catch.
1: Yeah,
2: I haven't thought of that. I've uh, seen this mo- that movie like twice this month. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, actually. <laughs> I was just
1: referring to the comics. It's, ve-
2: it's very good. <laughs> yeah. I saw Aquaman yesterday, but uh, I'm not gonna put us on another tangent.
1: That I have to see. Uh, Anyways, yeah. we also get a a brief like kind of visual for it. I think this is something I remember the show doing a lot where Optimus Prime uh Primal climbs up a building and as they do it they do a split screen as you have at the top you have Primal climbing up the building and then you have a second screen of the tank drones like aiming up and firing at him. I- yeah. Yeah, it's not the only time they'll do it in this episode. It's something I remember them doing a couple times in the, within this show.
0: It's a very comic book visual, and I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, like, it even has, like, kind of, like, jagged edges with the line, almost kind of creating a gutter.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think, considering Marv Wolfman wrote this episode, do you think he put that in the script? I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a comic book thing, but, like, I don't know if that's something you would normally, like, put in the script for for a show.
2: I feel something more of a, a, a director would do uh, yeah. uh, than, than the actual writer. Yeah,
1: because uh, I, I, I still don't know... We still don't know if, like, they were still really using storyboards with this show, or whether they were, it was still pretty much just the director making a lot of the choices.
3: mm mm-hmm.
2: uh, So, him... Optimus collapsing the building on top of the tank drones just makes Megatron go in anger. Oh, we didn't mention this, but uh, it's it's kind of just said that he like Megatron is, is like remote controlling all, well, not remote, but he's hardwired into all of the drones and he's controlling them with his mind.
1: Yeah, with the big uh, old harness.
2: Yeah. Uh, so he's he go he gets angry and goes into beast mode, which I find uh, another duality of this is this is not something that wouldn't usually happen with uh, any of the Beast Warriors, but uh, and we've seen that this does happen with the Maximals, but Megatron is also sort of just giving
0: into anger and going into Beast Mode. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and the sort of... So Megatron has set himself up as almost the only sentient being on this planet, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and the sort of associated descent into madness is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He also he uh, also fries the diagnostic drone where it says that sounds kind of like I there may have been some glitches to the previous process. Yeah.
2: He's mostly just he's blackened.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, he's yeah, he's scorched, um and then he asks like why like they are perfect machines, why do they keep getting beaten and the diagnosis like free will? And
1: then I think it immediately flinches <laughs> expecting to get like smacked by Megatron.
0: As if this show wasn't already posing interesting enough questions. How about we have a discussion on the nature of free will?
2: Yes. Oh, I I think the way that okay, I don't know if the diagnostic drum meant it this way, but at least the way the Megatron took it is they're able of cre- they're capable of creative thinking. And like you know, yeah, absolutely. on the spot. Yeah. Which I mean if if Megatron is controlling them all directly, doesn't that mean that he should be able to, you know, adapt to the situation <laughs> also? Or is he only well, just, like, like, directing them?
1: Well, okay, I keep finding, like, the last episode, he had problems when he was trying... The problems came about when he was, like, when they split his attention. So, you know, well, this is sort com-
0: of... This is the Ender's Game problem, right? Mm-hmm. The reason Earth can ultimately defeat the Buggers is because the Buggers only have one creative mind. There's, mm-hmm. So they can only make one decision at a time. Whereas mm-hmm. our Maximals here can make, you know, four creative decisions at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyways, so he so yeah, Megatron actually takes a suggestion art and calls up uh continuous mears giving us a bit of a hint of like what happened to all the sparks on Megatron. This what on the sp- sorry what may have happened to all the sparks on Cybertron. Uh, yeah, this
0: is dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when I was saying this show is darker than I remembered? Yeah. This is what I mean. He's just storing all them souls in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um Oh sorry, my my my, my Frankenstein dragon made me think of Frankenstein, which I'm like, oh, these are all brains in a jar. <laughs> Kinda,
0: yeah. <laughs> now you're trying to you monster. Yeah, it's. It, I will say one thing. I love that Beast Wars gave us that I think is one of the biggest gifts to the Transformers franchise is the idea of the spark. Yeah. Oh
1: yes. No, like this show. It yeah. Yeah, Beast Wars introduced in this one, a really kind of like emphasizes on like sparks being like the nature of the being.
0: Yeah, like, the yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Being,
1: like the souls of Transformers.
2: I really wish Hasbro had thought to trademark the term Beast Mode, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Marshall Lynch says he came up with it originally. Anyways, um. <laughs> he- <laughs> Uh, we, we'll never get to hear that phrase ever again.
1: <laughs> At least in
2: Transformers, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, we forgot to include that as a uh, as 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 an extra question. Like, when was the first time you re- you you realized when people were like saying beast mode, they weren't referring to this show?
0: <laughs> well, I, which I know is is perhaps peripheral for some nerds, but I am a bit of a sports ball fan. Oh hmm. uh, but I absolutely. Absolutely. Beast mode will always make me think first of Beast Wars.
3: Okay. <laughs>
0: Anyways, Although yeah. I do think what was that PvP fighter it's like a PS2 era PvP fighter game oh, where there uh, were Beast. Ultra Beast. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kicking around in there somewhere too. Marshawn Lynch is a solid like third on the list. Yeah. For... <laughs> he can get in line
2: there was this um what's uh sci-fi channel show uh different different worlds i think it was called uh where like they they put one side in a one team in like a, a futuristic luxurious side of the house the other one's basically in the stone age and like every week they have a competition whoever wins whoever team wins gets to be in the gets to choose which side they're going to be in there okay. was this the guy who eventually ended up winning who's kind of a, a meathead firefighter no offense to firefighters uh, but he he kept using the term beast mode, and I, and everyone was like, "What is what is what is beast mode?" I'm just like, "Oh, is this guy a beast force fan. That's awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> and that was before I found out that beast mode was was the, the
0: Marshawn Lynch thing. <laughs> Where are we at? What's going on? Okay. okay. Optimus so, is chewing yeah. him out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Optimus is chewing out the troops. Oh yeah,
0: um, they're sloppy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rat, Trap, Rat Trap has a, a good line where it says, Bye-bye, Zen Master. Hello, Taskmaster.
0: <laughs> you guys have pointed this out, I think, in both of the last two episodes. There are less zings per capita for Rat Trap than there were in Beast Wars, but he still gets some fun ones in.
1: Yeah. Plus, also, we're going to get a character who's, like, gets a lot of good things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Black Rocky like, Optimus is ordering orders Black Arachnea to transform into beast mode, but for some reason she insists she insists not, and then ends up running off.
0: Yeah. Th- does he like spark
2: in anger or something? What was going on? <laughs> kind
0: of. Yeah, this is the part of the episode that gets a little a little soft. Yeah. They just needed to move the narrative along, so she just she just kind of packs up and runs off. And I know yeah. the idea is she's been having these like memory flashbacks, it's messing with her mind, she feels like she has to get it sorted out. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little out of character that she doesn't want to talk about it with anybody, she doesn't even address it, she just literally runs away.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot of thing, uh, issues that could have been solved by people actually communicating. <laughs> right. And there's also a lot of habitants like, like Optimus yells at Black Rack and Transform, but there's no reason like there is a we'll find out later there's a reason to stick around in beast mode. But presumably he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> right.
2: So can we talk about what the hell happened with, it, with to Optimus, like as he finishes yelling at her? Like, is he did he get two damage or something? What the hell happened? <laughs> it's like he goes, I did he goes is he going back to beast mode at
1: this point?
2: No he's already in beast mode, but like he, like he turn, after he finishes telling her to transform back to beast mode, like he turns away for a second and just, like starts glitching
1: like, yeah, uh, he like
0: flashes or something it's uh, I made maybe, a note in there too,
1: maybe it's battle damage, you know he's, he's pushing himself so even though he's kind of hurt,
0: it could be and they are just back from combat,
1: yeah uh okay,
2: I guess that's the, the battle damage that, how it presents now yeah uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would be consistent. It does kind of raise the question: Like, do they just self repair now? Since, like, my knowledge, they don't get a CR chamber. I could be wrong. It's been a while.
2: Considering that, considering they kind of their their guerrilla forces—no uh, no pun intended—they um, they they, ha- they have to move bases a lot. So I don't think they're going to have to. be... Even if they had one, they wouldn't be able to <laughs> take it with them.
0: Guerrilla forces is a good joke, even if you didn't mean it. <laughs>
2: I mean, to be honest. Like as I was about to say, it. I'm like, oh, that's a pun. I'm not, but I could have used it. <laughs> it however, it were a ragtag team of, of freedom fighters on the run. How about that? Yeah.
0: So, where is Arachnia heading? I never quite pinned this down. Just like the shipyard. Yeah,
1: she's heading to the sh- to the uh, spaceport where they originally landed. Also, than, like board. she okay. goes on a uh, perfect dark mission as. <laughs> it's, it seems like the intro where just like, scaling up the side and it has, like, that, that industrial techno music playing. Like, it, it is, like, like I half expected the camera to, like, kind of go around and, like, go to a first-person perspective since she pulled out a gun.
0: <laughs> it is. I'm a sucker for that good, cheesy cartoon techno. Mm-hmm. It fits the vibe of this cartoon just so very well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anyways, then she finds that, uh, her solo, that, uh, uh, she's, uh, she was tangled by Rat Trap, who, uh, not happy with And he says, <laughs> <laughs> this, and probably the most excessive pun, laid, pun laid, Aided sentence in a while: give me one reason not to rat you out to the big cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> so terrible and so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then she says, would you settle for three? Yeah. Which feels like the wrong direction for that joke, but yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, it's
1: true. But I guess you do know, it as, it appears to have three drones running up. A, a tank drone, a jet drone, and a cycle drone. To which Black Rants is like, oh, three mindless drones shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, And then we get, and then we, as uh, the jet drone says, only three things wrong with that little theory. One, we're not drones. Two, we're not mindless. And three, problems by middle name. As we get as we get our the, the Viacon general, uh, and I have a
0: a very <laughs> important question before we break into discussing these generals, I burn to know the answer to this. Yes, mm-hmm. do Transformers have last names? No. Well, actually, <laughs> so original. I actually thank so.
2: Thank you, Chris McFeely, for this information. Go check out Transformers: The, the Basis <laughs> on Transformers. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, originally, when Optimus Prime, uh, like came about, like, before they fleshed out the backstory, Prime was his last name, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so his name is Jet Problem Storm, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or maybe it's Jet Storm Problem Afterburn. Yes. Because he sure yells <laughs> Afterburn after his name a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we,
1: it turns out, yeah, they, they'll turn out to have uh instead of just having a unified command code, they'll have individuals. We'll get Jetstorm Afterburn, thrust Overdrive, and Tanker pulverize. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's great. It's so good. I loved everything about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do. I especially love Jetstorm. Like in like I, I remember he's always had. He's basic. His voice is basically like evil. Ga- his voice is basically evil game show host. He just, <laughs> not because he That's like perfect. makes any game show references, yeah. but just like the cadence that we used to talk, like. <laughs> Like, uh, later on, he, like, uh, right after that, he'll be stra- he's strafing Black Racken and he's just like, This is Captain Jetstorm speaking. Please feel free to move about the tarmac and flee for your miserable life. <laughs>
0: yeah, my note here says Jetstorm is sassy.
1: Yes. Especially because, <laughs> uh, one, one kind of neat trick that they've done with the, uh, with the Vicon generals, they did this a little bit with the drones, but since the, the you can t- it's much easier to tell because they uh, these emote more, is even when they're in, in vehicle mode, they have they still have distinctive faces. Like, Jetstorm's like... Jetstorm yeah. will tilt his cockpit head to look around. Tankor's, like, robot head is very visible. Both Tankor and Thrust, their robot heads are clearly vehicle, visible in their vehicle mode. So they so it kind of keeps... So it kind of has them, like, still being able to emote in vehicle form, which is, like, something, like, not even, like, a lot of current Transformers series will do.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. It makes them more expressive, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, to t- some of the, the three personalities, though, Jess Dormer is sarcastic and sociopathic, uh, Thrust <laughs> is slick and cool, and Tankor is a violent
0: idiot. Yeah,
1: tank- <laughs> yeah. yeah, we probably won't... There are no real Tankor quotes, but he- it's basically, he's very much like Hulk smash type of dialogue.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but anyways, they start chasing around... Uh- Black Arachnia and Black Arachnia and Ratchet, and at one point Black Arachnia does transform to beast mode, which is notable since. Uh, yep. Oh, also, I forgot there was one more Jetstorm line where she tries webbing Jetstorm, and but he starts dragging her alongside. Fasten your seatbelts and prepare for a little turbulence. It's gonna be a bumpy night.
0: <laughs> he is just puns are fast and loose.
1: Yeah. So anyways, they manage to lose both of them, and we get a scene where V-Counts try to scan them and say there are zero maximal signatures, even though we could see them going very close by the other side of pipes. Hmm. Stick a pin in that. We're going to come <laughs> back to
0: that later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it oh, was uh, nice for a minute to see uh, Black Arachnia's beast form, because it's weird looking, but it's good looking. I like that form. Yeah. I I I kind of prefer
2: out of the two, I kind of prefer her beast mode uh, this time around, just because uh, her proportions are weird in robot mode. Also, ex- including the giant forehead, mm-hmm. which peels back to reveal more
1: eyes. Yeah, we I we yeah described her as like looking very Tim Burton esque in robot mode.
0: That's that's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I don't know if it's intentional, but it, like it's definitely there.
0: Yeah, it was actually
2: so when the uh, Vicon computer mentioned that there's no maximal signatures. This is when I realized that the Viacon computer is also the Predacon, or at least the Dark Side computer voice. Uh, the the actress also does triple duty as the Oracle. Uh, Make that duality oh, what you nice. will.
1: Good catch! I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah uh, so I looked it up. Like that. So same actress doing the Predacon computer, the Oracle, and the Viacon computer, which I'm assuming Megatron just used the same model.
1: Yep. All right. Anyway, so Black Arachnia and Rat Trap uh, head to the head to like the terminal, and she explains the reason why she's here. She has, is to investigate a hunch, and she finds out that Megatron didn't uh, didn't delete the aerospace records, including those of their ship. She starts accessing it. Also, she mentions that the reason she's been trying to stay in robot mode is she only seems to get the get those memory flashes in her robot mode. Yeah. Anyway, oh,
0: that's true. Yeah, that's right. I'd mm-hmm. forgotten about that plot point. Yes. I mean, it happened once, and then she kind of just stayed in robot mode, didn't she? Mm-hmm. She I mean, figured that out very quickly.
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't know. She, maybe she does just, like, well, I didn't seem to get anyone in beast mode. I don't know. It's a, it's <laughs> a, you exactly also kind weren't of a knocked nurse.
2: unconscious in beast mode.
1: Yeah. It seems to be a very small sample size to be making that decision, but hey, it's been a busy time.
2: Black Ratio was the main, was the best scientist on the on the entire Axelon crew last uh, last season. <laughs> <laughs> this is very bad experimental procedure.
1: Yes. Anyways, but she is right. They get the aerospace record and find and finds out that they were shot down by automatic fences, and find out that they were originally six maximal. Even though none of the either, yeah yeah, even though Ratatouille's like. Wait, that's not wrong. There's just the four of us,
0: right? <laughs> had to highlight that for the audience just mm-hmm. to be safe, right? Right. Uh, I so this is where I should mention that
2: uh, while watching this when it was originally aired, I had completely forgotten that there were six of them mm-hmm. because of the because the, the, <laughs> <laughs> of the break in between uh, Beast Machines and Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten the entire cast, and so the first episode when we're Reintroduce to them one by one. I'm remembering them.
3: So I completely really <laughs> forgot who's on the ship. <laughs> uh,
2: which is actually why I grabbed uh, the two. We'll find out who the, who they are. Uh, I I grabbed those two toys that I have. Put them next to me because nice. I felt like I needed yeah. to make it up to them. Yeah. <laughs> so also notable is
1: sorry this, guys. As uh, as soon as Black Raccoon transforms to robot mode, we get a cut to outside where Jetstorm suddenly detects a Maxwell signature and heads to the terminal, which he then. Uh, we then get the line once he busts it. is like, "Well, well, well, your situation matches your location. Terminal." <laughs>
2: like you, you have to give it up to Marvel when that's an that's an amazing line.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a real good one. That's a real good terminal joke. Yeah, I, I yeah. can
1: totally see that being in like like popping up in like a like mid eighties Marvel comic.
0: Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, you are very right about that. Yeah. Uh, and, which is actually when we
2: go to commercials. When we get back, Jet Storm actually makes a, <clears throat> a beasties reference uh, when he tells the others to get those beasties.
1: Yeah, yeah. Clearly, clearly, he's he's familiar with how the show was retitled in Canada, <laughs> and
2: and how pretty much the entire <laughs> cast of this show knew the show as.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Actually, uh, did they go with the actual name uh, this time around?
1: Yeah, it's well because it there's no wars in the title, that's the reason. Remember, yeah. That's the reason why they changed it in Canada.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to be sure. Canada uh,
1: Yeah, Canada doesn't have any issues with machines, as far as I know. <laughs>
2: I can't imagine the, the Team NT theme song without it. Hmm? And does.
1: <laughs> I mean, you say that, but like, don't forget that in, in uh, Europe, or at least German specific, like they mix the ninja part of it. No, it was UK. Oh, is it was UK?
2: I thought it was a... Yeah, there it's are not... Hero Turtles in yeah. In UK. Okay, I thought
1: it was Germany, because I know there's a lot of like weird censorship in Germany as well. But I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't just said that being wrong.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> uh, Black Rackney and Rattrap manage to use some creative traps to escape the Vietcons, Uh And once they're away, Rattrap just kind of uh, says, This is too dangerous. I'm leaving.
0: Good luck. <laughs> 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 yep. She's, She's like, out of there, guys.
1: Whatever, okay. I don't need you. You're useless because you can't transform, anyways. Speaking of which, like, this entire episode, Rattrap is still stuck in his beast mode. Like, he does not even a- attempt to transform into it. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, that's important as, like, Rattrap wanders off and then gets, and just is about to exit sewer system, the Viacon general show up and then detect a maximal signature, which, which Rattrap's like, eh, I surrender. Already, yeah, right? How
0: did they not hear him? Hmm? He wasn't being quiet. He <laughs> was a foot behind them and speaking.
1: <laughs> uh, convenience, I guess. But anyways, <laughs> they they reveal that they've detected Black Arachne to and head off. Which Rad Travis is like, wait, why her? She's like all the way off on of the common. And I was like right next to him. Unless, and realizes that the Viacons can't detect the room in beast mode.
0: Yep. Again, rat traps dialogue is used to connect very obvious dots for the viewer. Just in case. Oh
1: yeah, it's very expository heavy. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And this is why, in the second episode, the mold drone only showed up after uh, Optimus Cheetor and uh, Blackarachnia turned into went to robot mode mm-hmm. because they couldn't detect them before that. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, why it shot Optimus instead of the other two because he couldn't see them anymore.
1: Correct, even uh, if you even really wanted like draw connections, why they uh, why the cycle drones didn't show up until like after Optimus transformed for the first time? But maybe they also oh, know okay. the Oracle. I don't know.
2: Well, no, no, no. They they showed up afterwards, but they had already detected them because they weren't reformatted yet.
1: Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. at this moment, I also realized that for su- that for some strange reason, Jetstorm's voice, particularly in, like pulling off, like reminds me of like weirdly of. WWE superstar Tyler Breeze for a brief moment. (laughs) I don't know if it's just a Canadian thing, because he is voiced by Brian Drummond, who is also Canadian. But it sounded like, this can't be. There's no way that's that's he was actually voiced by him. Anyway, so yeah, all the vehicons. So Black Raffia heads to the shuttle, gets inside the shuttle, and hacks into the computer system completely unaware that the vehicons are showing up. But then, just as they're arriving, Megatron cancels the attack. Because he's gonna counter yeah. her. Because like, yeah, this is super nineties. We can't talk about hacking. Blackeraknia gets <laughs> the most nineties like headset as she ha- gets into the compu- the ship's computer system.
0: Yeah, there's some real good late nineties tech going on here. Mm-hmm. It's it's lovely.
2: She it, needs some she uh, need some Apple Gatekeeper software. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she hacks into the system, into the ship's computer system. And then she gets images of all the cast in their past bodies, at the right. way they were at the end of season three, and gets. she gets to see, a bit of uh, Rhinox and a bit of Silverbolt. Before the feed cuts out, as uh, a red trap cut the connection by literally chewing through it.
0: <laughs> he knows what he's about.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but not before Black Arachnia's memory is apparently uh, downloaded into a backup on the system hard drive or something.
1: Yeah, that one seemed yeah. a little excessive. Like I get, like, oh, he's cutting the feed so Megatron can't hack. It's like, oh it's, oh, it's stored on the computer. We need to delete that, too, so Megatron can't hack. So <laughs>
0: right.
1: seems well, a little yeah, bit yeah. Like, gilding, like gilding the lily. Just like, you, you didn't need the extra step. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but they do end up crashing the computer, and Megatron gets frustrated as like, as, like, he has, like, you know, a holographic image of, like, falling, ah, yes, I will find out the base, and then it cuts out, like, right in front of him, like, yes, that's how data <laughs> transfer works.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well,
2: it was only it was only on that computer. He didn't, like, download a copy down to his... his uh, into his computers in the citadel.
1: No, no, no. I just yeah. meant, like how it's how it's visually represented as he has a holographic model like forming up. Like ah, yes, this is what their base is going to look at, and that <laughs> cuts out. It's like yeah, the you idea way. like that's how he would you know that's how he it, would be like he's literally getting the data forming in front of him.
0: <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> structurally, this episode has a lot in common with Rogue One.
1: Yeah, if you like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you like, if you were like you know you were downloading like a secure image, like ah, yes. I'm downloading the image that proved who the killer was, and then it stopped downloading partway through and just deleted itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it did, because Optimus Prime and Cheetor have got here in time to sort of save the day.
1: Yeah. As they drop in, as the ship explodes, and I know, like, oh, they, they just totally destroyed that ship's resale value. It's a Gen 1 original! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, oh. and Primal is very upset. Yeah. His oh, was, children have been bad children.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that reminds me uh we actually got the the shuttle's name for uh Omega Delta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which um so, okay, a Star Trek connection actually. Um the, the the shuttle looks similar to the Delta Flyer from Star Trek Voyager uh and this actually would have been during its run. Uh so I choose to believe that they, they modeled and that.
0: named it after that. Yeah, I can see the similarities yeah. there, I'll give you that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be the first Star Trek reference on this show.
2: <laughs> it takes place in the 24th century, therefore Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, so we find out Prime's got like some serious Survivor's guilt because he doesn't want to lose them because he's already lost everyone on Cybertron, apparently.
2: And he, yeah, he says like, "Could you think I could handle using you guys?" Which just ma- that's that's a very uh, that's a very mom speech to make.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And we pretty the episode pretty much ends on that, just like am kind of sulking and just like as the you know the ship explodes behind.
0: Yeah, it's a hard out on a downer note. Again though this this series is much more dour than the previous one.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, so that's the episode. So, yeah, it's a, a downer ending. But we but like the cast did almost just double.
0: That yeah, that's true. We've got we've got three new main characters mm-hmm. which is going to make the bad guy side of things much more interesting moving yeah, forward.
1: So they won't just be fighting like generic drones that don't talk or anything.
0: And is laying the groundwork for some very significant kind of plot twists and turns that are coming up. Indeed.
2: I also just realized that it actually balances the numbers now.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, it does.
2: Good point, yeah. Four and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like Dinobot coming over to the Maximals.
1: Yes. So I think like we only have a few more episodes before like it gets unba- technically unbalanced. Yeah, we like, have two more episodes before it gets unbalanced again.
2: <laughs> For a few minutes next episode it will also get unbalanced um but yeah, so that's the episode going to the trivia um so the statue uh looks like the two discs from uh from you know the golden disc uh writer Bob square claims that there's that neither that neither the statue nor the golden disc were in his hands mentioned in the script, however, he suggested they were either the discs from Voyager one and two probes or that Optimus won them in the 2,395,989th annual Cybertronian Spelling Bee.
1: (laughs) 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 I mean, I know which one I want to believe. Spelling Bee? Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh,
2: Yeah, I I feel like, uh, would that be cheating to have a machine in a Spelling Bee?
1: I mean, probably, but I mean, if they're all machines, then it's balanced?
0: Seems like it. Ooh, how do you lose in that? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a very good
1: question. <laughs> uh, Maybe their um, spelling
0: bees are a lot more violent than ours are. They're like <laughs> spelling bees crossed with uh demolition derbies. Perhaps. <laughs> oh,
2: wait, you have you have a word fragment. In order to form the word, you have to crash into someone else.
1: <laughs> it does very <laughs> typing of the dead, suddenly. Yeah. Um
2: uh, <laughs> Actually it could just be the um what it what were they called? Um the games in mm-hmm. Uprising.
1: Oh yeah, Peace Wars. <laughs> Maybe
3: less lethal though. <laughs> yeah. Oops.
2: <laughs> uh yeah, so uh we just we just hit the win hour mark, so and since I'm running I'm recording into the template uh that I used to cut the show together, the outro music just started.
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I warned you.
2: <laughs> no, we've gone over an hour before. Uh it's just that I usually put it out of an hour.
0: Yeah. Uh, so
2: <laughs> while Megatron is looking at the computer screens, um text inside the Predacon version of Cybertronics appears. Um a few messages are uh these flowers taste funny. We <laughs> we are the McAnimators from McMainframe. And <laughs> and if you can read this seek help.
3: <laughs> Man,
2: calling out the fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Especially in like nineteen ninety CGI, mm-hmm. you could actually if you have the resolution to read that. Yeah, true. Yeah, uh, and then last yeah, is, you'd have is, to the, like ja-
1: tape tape that off of TV and pause it because like you don't got DVRs either.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna. We all know pausing a VHS does not get you a very queer image. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Um Yeah, and kids, VHS is like a. Like a DVD is very blocky and and thick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and so at last, the uh, trivia: the Japanese title for this episode is uh, "Marks of Love," uh, which I couldn't figure out why um, until, uh, although, assuming it has to do with the the black Bolt visions we see. Mm. Uh, oh, uh, Mark Black Bold is our ship name for Silver and Black Arachnia.
0: Yes, I like it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, and it's all the trivia.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So as I said this is a good episode. This is almost one of the, almost kind of standalone-ish. If you like, you're not entirely sure all of the this series yet. Granted, it's only three episodes in. You start from the beginning still.
0: Yeah, yeah. It covers a lot of ground. I feel like this episode, even if you hadn't watched the first two, could stand alone pretty well as an introduction to the series.
1: Yeah, and, it, and yeah. I think I mentioned it earlier on, on earlier episode, It comes a lot sooner than I thought. Like I thought that this episode hmm. actually came after next episode. Okay. I don't know why. Like, did they not show up as much? Episode.
2: Well, Tankor is kind of uh, uh, It's mercenary pursuits next time. Uh, right. Tankor is kind of the the main focus of that episode.
1: Okay. No. Oh no no no! Like for some reason, I always associate them like showing up after. We get after uh, episode, yeah. Weakest after like the like there's like a it's like yeah the weak component, but again it's mm-hmm. clearly not because that's episode six and this is episode three. <laughs>
2: mm. Oh, actually, uh, earlier we mentioned uh, roll uh, robot mode. I think next episode is where we first get a glimpse of it. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, but that's getting into the next episode preview. But so uh, no character spotlight this week. Um. We do okay, so as far as messages from the golden disc go, uh I checked our listeners throughout the different platforms we're on. Uh I did notice we have two follow or four followers on Podbean, so Ooh. hi guys. Hey
0: Podbean guys.
2: Yeah. Um <clears throat> so uh Mark, your guest, so who's your most valuable bot?
0: Ooh, I don't is it Hmm Is it cheating to say Jetstream just because I like him a lot? No, no. I mean the most valuable the most valuable this episode is clearly Black Arachnia. She is uncovering things. She is advancing the plot. She is figuring out what's going on. Yeah. But listen, who's making the most puns this episode? It's Jetstream. Sure is lucky she got a concussion this episode, huh?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, we, we tend to be kind of broad on uh on a most valuable. So that is a fair fair one to go with.
3: Yeah,
2: it's also it's also your uh, MVB, So mm-hmm. it's whatever you want them to be. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's see, well, like, I'm gonna, hmm, Army wants to give it to Tankord for no reason, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, I'll give mine a rat trap just because, like, he saved Black Arachnia from, like, accidentally giving away all their secrets. That's fair. Hmm. James, who's yours?
1: I'm gonna to the Diagnostic Jones, without him, we wouldn't have the Vietcon Generals.
0: <laughs> Good point. I'll take it. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Speaking of the generals, uh, on our next next episode, Max have a second run over the Viacom generals since the presence of, of of a familiar star in Mercenary Pursuits is the mystery, uh, as like the mystery behind who, who these generals are deepens.
2: <laughs> I, when I was I, okay, I I was not a kid who thought a lot about. Also just considering my age uh, at the time, uh I was not a kid that was that like picked up on on like uh on clues for future plot lines very well. So mm. I was just like, Oh, he just grabbed three sparks, okay, cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, a lot of shows didn't really have that kind of like sort of plotting.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. I yeah. I think at this point I was still used to the Looney Tunes aspect of like or Looney Tunes slash Simpsons aspect of like uh come watch next week. You don't need to catch up on anything.
0: Yeah, we are just starting to dip a toe into the idea that cartoons can tell complex serial stories mm-hmm. in this era. This is this is they're kind of on the cutting edge here a little. Mm-hmm. So uh before we
2: get to our closing, um uh, Mark, you wanna do your where can people find you? Oh
0: oh yeah. Uh so you can find me on Twitter at R O Radio. R-O-R-A-D-I-O. Uh, I run a tiny little podcast shop called Retrograde Orbit Radio. Uh, RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. You can see what all of our shows are about.
2: Uh, including <laughs> the episode of Mount Olympus, the Hercules and Xenoverse podcast where I guest starred and watched the direct-to-DVD sequel of Disney's
0: Hercules. That's right. And I believe you were on an episode of Spectre with us. Oh, Yeah.
2: Uh, That was tomorrow never dies. The first James yeah. Bond episode I ever watched. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It was very fun. As the guy who edited that episode, it was very <laughs> fun listening to you experience James Bond. <laughs> yeah,
2: the <clears throat> I, I, yeah, I felt a little bit bad for Brian because uh, like we when we when we did Mount Olympus because we did a long episode, so not only did he have to record with us, but he had to edit that also because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I, Mark, I'm sure you can attest, it's a little bit easier editing when you're not part of the recording. It is, yeah, Perfect. that
0: is very true. It's weird. It never, it never gets normal to listen to your own voice
2: editing. Oh, it's not that. It's just like you. It, it gets a lot. Um, it's a little more of a trudge when you were experienced it when it happened.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is a big part of why Brian has taken over editing Mount Olympus for the first. 30 or so episodes that was my show as well mm. uh and he took it over for a few weeks when life was busy and then he just kept it because i liked not having to edit the one podcast that i am on <laughs> but yeah we we basically do what you guys do it's a very similar setup we watch uh old pop culture things and we talk about them
2: you, you want to hear okay so i, I just instance of me being an old man um uh, so when I when I mention, I know it's ironic considering who I'm talking to, but uh, uh, when I when I say to my uh, when it, when it's come up that I have a podcast for my students and they're like, oh, is it on YouTube? I'm like, podcasts aren't video, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, this isn't the Joe Rogan experience. This is a podcast.
0: <laughs> we have one of ours. We have Super Sentai Brothers on YouTube. I never bothered to set it up for the rest of them, but I did tinker mm. with it. So I think it's, I mean, I haven't checked in on it. Heaven knows if it's still going.
1: But. Yeah, like, the only podcast I know is uh, that, or at least that I, that I listen to that uploads to YouTube is uh, I Will Fight You. I don't even know if they do that. Oh. With, I don't even know if they do that with Gem they upload gem, gem to YouTube, or they just load upload <laughs> I Will Fight You.
2: Huh. I did not know that uh, Super Sentai Brothers was on, was, uh, was on YouTube.
0: Yeah. I should probably go look at that and see if if the feed is still connecting. It's been, I <laughs> bet, two years since I set that up.
2: Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It is uh, licensed at Car Ranger. Episode 2 is, uh uploaded two days ago. You are apparently getting
0: some views, actually. <laughs> nice job, Libsyn slash YouTube. <laughs> you awesome. built a firm connection.
1: Technology is always good when it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're good for the closing, right?
1: Uh, yes. So... So that brings the our closing. Uh, thank you for listening to the Axelon Archives. If you have any questions, want to guest on the show, or just want to talk about Beast Wars, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Axelon at Archives, or by email at axelonarchives at gmail.com. Uh, part of the music used in this episode is Fat Planet by Left Field, and is copyright Left Field. Fat Planet is used only for purpose of discussion and no violation of international copyright laws. Find the band on, on the web at leftfieldmusic.com, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes by Searching left field. All one word. Uh, You can find uh, our show on Apple Podcasts, Play Podcasts, Podknife, Podbeam, Podchaser, TuneIn, Stitcher, and or on Spotify. Please leave a rating and a review because it helps people find the show. And check out our website at axelon.buzzfrog.com. If you want to follow either of us on Twitter, you can follow me at sport underscore inc.
2: You can find me at Daufec.
1: Until next time, Beast Wars are over, right?
2: What in the name of Gouda happened to Cybertron?
1: (laughs) We may need to update that one. I don't don't know if we've any good lines to that yet.
2: Yeah, nothing yet.
1: (laughs) Alright, let's let's close this bad boy up.